So what happened there? What do you mean? Well, why did you get all weird when I put my finger up your ass? What the hell was that? Mr. Griffin, that's a prostate exam. Shut up! You had your finger in my ass! That's how a prostate exam is performed. Stick your finger in my... Pony ass. That's good. I am sure there are guys who have fingered you in the ass long enough that eventually you let them fuck it. And now you think you got me bent over with your finger in my ass thinking I'm going to let you do the same. I am not like you, Dana. You will not fuck me in the ass. Do you know how when you doo-doo and stuff... And the doodle comes out and kind of the doodle is like formed with other little doodles, other little pebbles of doodle and stuff. And they're all shapes. They're all shapes. Some of them, you know, shaped like little wedges, some little balls, um, some of them, you know, octagon like different shapes and sizes making up this one big turd. The first time we had sex, she tried sticking her finger in my ass. No warning at all. Just did it. It scared me, to be honest. No, Hi, welcome to Last Night on Earth. My name is Lex Drug, and as always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. By way of disclaimer, I'm currently suing Matt for sending me texts. Ask me if I'm a squirter. <laughs> Here's the answer, Matt. Yes, I am, but not in the places you'd like to imagine. That was, by the way, asking, telling a chick, that's just as, forget, this is Donovan McNabb to his wardrobe assistant at the NFL Network. Just all, forgetting all the sex harassment stuff aside, is that a good line to ask a girl, to tell a girl she looks like a squirter? I don't think that's going to get you in her britches anytime soon. I don't think chicks respond too well to that. <laughs> no, that's just like, I mean, squirting is a weird kind of thing, anyhow, a weird fetish kind of thing, anyhow. It just, just doesn't seem like... A compliment because either the woman is, I guess, a squirter, in which case she may not want everyone to know about that, or she's not, then she may feel like, Am I supposed am I supposed to be? Like that's, I'm not sure there's that, no way that comes off well. I'm not sure he really wanted that information. I think he was just bored and thinking like, All right, what's like the most gratuitous thing I can <laughs> I write that's so. <laughs> a little off the off the uh, chart, beaten path, you know. What happened to just don't? Uh, what, you look like a chick who likes big black dick. I mean, what's wrong with that? The old, an old standby. Or you, like, you look like a chick who likes to take a good pounding. I mean, I mean did she? Well, this is like a fifty-year-old, forty-five, fifty-year-old woman in the office. Here's the problem with these things: is that so? She is she suing him? Is that she's suing, she's the, suing NFL the NFL Network? network. Uh, I don't know. If she's suing the, uh, the five or six guys individually. She named five or six. Uh, NFL players who work at the NFL uh, Network in her in her suit, but I think she's suing the NFL Network for allowing it to go on at the office place. Well, because you could, in theory, the thing I don't like is when they release these things and they don't show the full exchange. So he could have been like, before he wrote, "Are you a squirter?" She could have been like, uh, "How big is your dick?" or whatever. Like, you think so? Though I don't know if she'd be suing if she knew those texts were out there that make her look complicit. Well, I'm just saying that happens. Like, I, but it seems as though. Well, I don't know. Why do they even have the makeup lady's phone number? <laughs> Wardrobe lady. Well, I can see that. They're te- they, she works at the office with them every day. She, she puts her coats on, puts her ties out, and all that kind of crap. So she, she gets her clothes off the rack and dresses them every day. She had to have been putting something out there. Why were they all doing it? Were they fucking animals? I don't know. Do you see her? She's kind of an old middle-aged lady. She didn't really seem like... Uh, I mean, I guess... And also, the NFL Network, you'd assume like these places have some reasonably attractive young interns around and stuff. Yeah. 
You know, because it's all, you know, network athlete kind of stuff. You'd assume, not to mention these guys themselves have access to chicks. You'd assume they wouldn't be that hard up. This seems like something they do with, like, a Nebraska, like, lawnmower <laughs> office. But there's, like, one six at the office who's, like, a middle-aged lady who's, like, kind of not fat. And all the guys are hitting on her. Yeah. This doesn't seem, this seems like, this seems like guys are just, like you said, just bored. And they just, but you have to write, like, why don't you come see me, C-U-M, <laughs> like, That's just, just not going. sexy at all. No. Also, dude, just about, I mean, McNabb, I mentioned to you, he's, a, he's been married. He's got his, like, you know, uh, he's seen as a family man. He's been married 16 years with four kids. Yeah, he's probably getting st- action on the side. Do you need to be texting C-U-M to ladies? <laughs> it's like a 45-year-old dad of four and mar- married guy. I mean, yeah. be a little more discreet than that. Yeah, it makes me think he just has some sort of problem because just why you know uh, it doesn't make any sense this week's show is sponsored by the state of alabama come on alabama we're trying so hard to work with you on updating your image but you're not you got to give us something <laughs> the state of alabama it has a jewish lawyer did you see that uh thing? <laughs> yeah so his wife his wife there the claims that they were anti-semitic and the wife shot back and said that's ridiculous one of our attorneys is jewish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she was she had like a big scribe, uh, like a script, uh, and she was reading off of it. So she they were accused of being anti-Semitic because they said something about Jeff Bezos can't go to heaven. Uh, they, who, they say or so no, much uh, crazy George shit. George Soros, I'm sorry. I, that was the only instance I could find because he's Jewish. I don't think there's any point in like accusing. My feeling about like white Christian conservative guys like Roy Moore in the South, there's no point in accusing them of racism or anti-semitism that seems like baked that seems baked in yeah the real question is can they hide it like are they able to hide it i assume every 70 year old like white republican christian conservative in alabama is a racist oh yeah it's just you expect them to hide it better well, like anytime you're opening with like you know a lot of people are saying we're anti-semitic yes. i'm kind of like well why are they saying that i don't even i don't <laughs> even blame those old guys necessarily for being racist i assume that's how they were brought up in the community they were raised in yeah but you think they would work to hide it a little better? Like I feel like they just put some effort into put some effort, like a, like a crazy chick who you're dating. The first few dates, you can put a lot of effort into not acting crazy. If she's super fucking crazy on the first date, she's not she's not putting effort into the relationship. I feel like you feel like you have to lie. If you're not putting work into lying, then you don't deserve to be elected or whatever else it is. Yeah, just say I, I just act. Just act like you're not a racist. That's all. That's all well, people it does want to beg the question of. So could you be? anti-semitic and still have a jewish lawyer you know i I would say yes you can like i'm sure you can be homophobic and have a couple gay friends you could still walk around saying you know all faggots should go to hell but not my friend gary you know oh every uh, black rapper has a jewish has a jewish attorney i assume most white supremacists do (laughs) you know you're gonna find the you're gonna find a top-notch lawyer among the white supremacist community that's not going to happen in the South. You need a good Jew, you need a good Jew lawyer. Yeah, you don't want like a Wiccan lawyer. No, exactly. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Minute Podcast, or Facebook, also Last Minute Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I'm surprised you haven't been fired from any more jobs for sexual harassment. I think you were fortunate enough to come up before before this became a big deal. No, I don't think I ever... No, I never made any comments to... Never, ever? Oh, I actually, certainly. one time I was... Well, this is... This is borderline. I was working at a restaurant, and uh, at least two people came in, and I said to my female manager, um, those people smell like they just got done fucking. 
Oh, dude, really? And then she looked at me weird, and I like left and ran. Yeah, out. yeah. No, that you would be sued and never work again at the Red Robin. <laughs> that, that would be it for you. Uh, so we're like we're like six, seven weeks into the post wine scene, uh, Me Too apocalypse at this point. We're like every man who's ever said anything is like. And here's what, here's what pisses me off more than the guys being fired because most of these guys who are being fired are kind of gross dudes who probably. Maybe not. Maybe don't deserve to be fired or have their lives ruined. But there's certainly guys who are kind of piggish. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just every single article that's come out since in a major magazine or mainstream media is about the basic premise is women are good and men are evil, <laughs> which is like I'm willing to go fifty fifty on that. You know that men and women are equally good and bad. Yeah. But every the premise of every article seems to be that like the only way to solve this is women. Can, women can by having more women in charge or more women in power. This will solve this because women are inherently implied in there is women are inherently better than men. And men, will, when given power, will just use it for corrupt purposes. So men's sort of instincts are inherently bad. Well, yes, that's a premise. And I will grant you that men's instincts are inherently piggish. Yeah. I will give you that. But on a moral scale, there's no evidence, there's no evidence anywhere in the history of mankind that women are more moral <laughs> Upright or virtuous than men are, uh, they just act, they just act out in different in a different manner. Well, they're more passive. Well, I don't know. There's been throughout history there've been women in charge of like countries. They tend to be very aggressive, bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty, dominant, dominant women. Well, it's just biologically. I mean, you know, men are trying to fuck as many women as possible. Women are more selective as to the men. They want the best one. Yeah, but they're going to, so, so, so say women ran all the major Fortune 500 companies and ran all the entertainment companies, ran all the other stuff. They would find their own means of being disgusting, horrible people, right? They would use their power in a different manner than men are, which is not to get, like, watch me masturbate in the potted plant, but they would have some other vicious things they did to one another. I would say the equivalent of that is falsely accusing men of, of rape or other crimes. Yes. I mean, I think that is, like, the most... In terms of, like, rape being the worst of a man, I think the false accusation is the worst of a woman's behavior. Well, I guess when there's no men left in the workplace anymore, they won't be able to do that. <laughs> but I, I have seen, I, in my time, I've seen more instances of women trying to destroy other women than I have men being nasty to other women. Yeah. Far more. So I just assume when women take over, they're just going to destroy each other. So, I don't know. I think it might actually work well for guys in that place. You can be the, guy, the cute guy in the office who works his, works his way up to the top for sleeping around. I'm, I'm ready for that. As long as you just never... See, here's what I would do if I worked in an office. And I, I've never worked in a corporate environment, and, and I've really never worked in an office. But if someone said... Uh, but from what you've seen in movies and TV. No, from reading the news. If yes. some woman was like, so I threw a birthday party for my son last week. I'd be like, shut up. I don't want to hear about it. Yes. Like, I just don't want anything personal whatsoever. I can't... That's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now I'm telling you about a blowjob, and I'm going to jail. Yeah, I would, I would say stop. I'm going to record this. <laughs> I'm recording this. Why are you telling me intimate details of your personal life? Yeah. I feel very threatened. We're like robots now. you got to behave like a, a literal fucking uh, robot. I'm glad I don't work in an office place anymore either. I, I imagine half the shit I used to do would be, uh, would be taken as sexual harassment. Although I, get, I took as well as I gave. That's all I, want to, that's all I want to say. If a woman made jokes about me, which happened all the time... I just thought it was funny. Sometimes they weren't funny, but I didn't ever feel like I need to report somebody. See, I'm surprised that people that work in offices together in the same job. So say you're both working some schlubby job at an insurance company. Do you want to fuck the female or male version of you? You hate your life. You hate no. your job. You're, 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 you think everyone else in your office is a loser. You can't wait to get out of here. Why are you slumming it with these fucking losers? 
you want to fuck that person? No, I don't think that's why I think like at the NFL Network and stuff, you, they're just bored, right? Mm. They're just they're not trying to actually fuck the chick. Yeah, Donovan McNabb and and, and uh, Eric Davis, these other guys, they can get girls, right? They can get they can go to a club or wherever. They can get girls. They have, I mean, they have money. They have recognition. They, one guy's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, they can get ladies. I would doubt they had any intention of of banging the make of the wardrobe lady. No, because I think if McNabb did, he would have not gone about it in such a gross way. Guys tell dirty jokes at the office because they're fucking bored and juvenile. Yeah, that's exactly why. So get be- a bunch of jocks together. Yeah, I don't think guys think like if I tell my. I don't think when you said like to that lady at the at the restaurant that those people smell like they were fucking that you were doing that because you thought that would make her hot not at all <laughs> like, and then she's like oh why don't we fuck too <laughs> like it's just guys are crude when they're bored that's just what happens that's why guys when they're live together in apartments all alone get really really crude because they're just bored they're just bored yeah they start like putting their balls on each other's foreheads yes. and stuff that doesn't mean they want the guy to suck him off yeah well that only happened in your place man that was never, that was never happened to me i would have killed somebody I, I don't i don't roll like that but now we've all met and known those guys i think i don't remember he liked to walk around naked that lasted 24 hours and i said what the fuck are you doing put some fucking clothes on he's like just guys here i'm like yeah? Like, what, are you t- what, does that mean? what does that mean? He goes, we're all straight guys. I'm like, put some fucking clothes on, dude. That's just inappropriate. Walking around with your fucking junk hanging out? That's ridiculous. That is terrible. I mean, maybe you walk from the shower to your room for half a second, but not just hanging out. You're not hanging out naked. This is a fucking Germany. Uh, so journalist Ryan Liza, Liza uh, from The New Yorker, He's the guy who may know from, uh, uh, he was a guy who caught uh, Scaramucci in his, like, F-word F tirade, Anthony Scaramucci over the summer, before oh, right. he got fired. He's the guy who caught him, like, got him on tape, did an interview saying, fuck this, fuck that, fuck, I'm going to fuck everybody over, which led to Scaramucci, I think he was there for 10 days before he got <laughs> fired. He was one of my favorite guys. He was one of my favorite guys, too. Uh, oh, well, by the way, an aside, uh, you saw the Trump thing this morning with Karen uh, Gillibrand, Kirsten Gillibrand from New York? Yeah. Here's the thing. I hate Trump. I cannot stand Trump. But once in a while, he just does shit that's so annoying, it's kind of funny. He basically called her a whore. He basically just called her a whore. <laughs> like she'll do anything for money. Yeah, he basically called her a whore. Like, just matter of fact, like Senator from New York, I'm just going to call her a whore. And I don't know what, she, what her you know tendencies are in terms of being uh, not, not a prostitute, but in terms of like doing shit for whatever is popular for money. But just like the president just called the senator a whore. <laughs> yeah, just, you never hear. I laugh so fucking hard. All these stupid ass Republican guys with their, uh, well, the forefathers would have never, like, they never really mention it in that context. Like, I don't think George Washington was, uh, you know, calling women whores no. on the. <laughs> no, although he was fucking slaves. So there was that. Uh, it was fucking women against their will. But at the time, I mean, it's, just, it's, in, it's in context. The context is we never had a president who called the senator a whore on Twitter before. It's no. just, it just killed me because he's such an he's such a he's such an ass that at times it's funny. You know, guys like that, right, in college or else, who's such an asshole will say anything that crosses mind that every tenth time something funny comes out. Yeah, you kind of don't like him, but no. you still kind of hang out with him. You know, because he just says shit nobody else will say. Like you don't really admit that you're friends, but you'll text him. Yeah, you're, you're not inviting him to. Uh, your wedding, but you know you'll you'll get drinks together. And I don't think Trump has any self awareness either. I think he just called her a whore and didn't realize he did it. Like I think he's just angry, so he just put out subtext that she's a whore, and that's just kind of like how he rolls. Yeah, and it's this kind of in its sincerity, it's kind of amusing. 
uh, because all fucking what we're learning about Congress is that they're the worst people on the fucking planet. Uh, so this a guy from the New Yorker, a journalist, got fired from the New Yorker because apparently he had something go on in his personal relationship with his girlfriend or ex girl. I think she was his current girlfriend. Well, nobody will say what it was exactly. It was not a crime. There's been no crime alleged, but it, presumably some kind of sexual impropriety or relationship impropriety uh, that the New Yorker became aware of, and they fired the guy on the spot, basically. Um, and he's saying, which seems fair enough, there's no due process. A, there's no due process. B, I never got a chance to, to you know, defend myself. And also, there's a 40,000-page rule book here at the New Yorker, and I didn't violate one single rule in the damn 40,000-page Well, that makes me wonder me. what it is. Because, like, is the New Yorker like, well, right here, page 17, uh, you can't jizz in the panty drawer. You know what I mean? Like, what? what well, that's a, so obviously at the office place, there's a lot. You can't tell dick jokes at the office place. But what if you tell dick jokes to your girlfriend and she gets pissed off about it? Or what if you're broken up and you're sending her, like, your dick pics? I don't know. Something like that. I'm just imagining. So what you, if, like, you, you hara- what if you're, you, she wants to break up and you're harassing her? So you're theorizing she calls the New Yorker. This guy's a prominent journalist. He's got a great gig at the New Yorker. She's pissed about something. She calls the New Yorker as if it's her girlfriend and says, let me unload some shit about Ryan. Let me tell you what Ryan did. Well, yeah, because maybe she said, like, maybe, let's say, let's put it this way. Maybe she broke up, was break, broke up with him, right? And he's pissed, so he's, like, calling her at 2 in the morning or texting her shit at 2 in the morning. And then she's like, stop this fucking shit, or like, I'll tell, I'll call, I'll call your boss, your employer. Yeah. And he doesn't stop, so she calls the employer and says, he's harassing me at two in the morning with texts that won't stop, whatever, sending me naughty, well, dirty if, messages. If that's what it is, then they need to say, I have no idea why you're calling us. <laughs> yes. You need to handle this on your own personal time. Well, I think what the New Yorker's thinking, they're thinking a step ahead, which is she's going to go to the press with this. She's going to have a piece in the, another New York media outlet about how New Yorker reporter, Harassing his, you know, harassing his girlfriend. So they don't want that, so they're preemptively just firing the guy because he has he's doing stupid shit in his personal life. What was the language? Is it uh, uh, unwell, uh, un- sexual miscon- sexual misconduct? Is what it was. So I, th- I had sexual impropriety or something like that. But it's his girlfriend. And again, here's what we know: we know it's not a crime. We know there's been no crime alleged, let alone an arrest taking place. So the guy, let's let's grant that the guy is a fucking uh, a little bit out of his mind and he's kind of a jerk. And he's doing some shit to his girlfriend that you shouldn't be doing. That probably deserves a punch in the face. Yeah. But do you get fired for that now? Do you get fired for shit in your personal life that doesn't that doesn't spill over to your work life? Well, I guess every dude is just going to get fired now because <laughs> every single dude has had an argument with his girlfriend and probably probably behaved like a total dick at times for various reasons. Well, there'll be some companies like say Caterpillar Tractor who probably doesn't give a shit when you're. Girlfriend shows up at the office and says he's a fucking dick. Fire him, right? But there's if you're in a, if you're in the media in a high profile media position now, if you're a journalist in New York or an entertainer or athlete or whatever, whatnot, you're basically going to get fired if any woman comes out with any accusation against you. Again, of a non criminal nature. Yeah, and it could have been the New Yorker like a feather in their cap. Like, look at us. We fired a guy too for sexual things. You know, like he's going to sue the shit out of us. Super suit, right? He should. I mean, unless, and it, it just always uh, never ceases to annoy me that we don't know what happened. So I hate getting half the story all the time. But but does it really matter what happened? I mean, if it's not, let's say it's, again, grant that it's not a crime that happened. Does it really matter what happened? If it's not anything 
serious if, if you didn't hit her or rape her or, or, or something along those lines, extort her for some reason, then no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. That's what I think. I mean, if, if he committed a crime, go to the police, have him arrested, and then the New Yorker says, look, dude, you got arrested. There's cop, pictures of you, the cops taking you out for like beating your girlfriend. We're firing you. And we're like, okay, we totally understand that. But to just say you're, you, something happens in your, in your personal relationship outside the office, we're going to fire you. That seems like I would sue, and I hope there's some precedent for that because there needs to be at some point someone's got to introduce due process to this process of. There's a private company; they can fire whoever they want. But if they fired him, and they specifically said it's for this reason, and it's not for any any corporate re, any reason, company policy reason, I'd sue him. Yeah, because we're getting really close to uh, someone with a female voice calls <laughs> yes. your job, makes an anonymous complaint. And yeah. you're just fired because, fuck it, you're replaceable. Yeah, you mentioned the Comedy Store example. Was the Comedy Store last week? Yeah, the so, Comedy Yeah. Uh, somebody called, ex-girlfriend called? Someone I know, yeah, uh, yeah it was accused. A she called the Comedy Store, said, this guy assaulted me 14 years ago, and, and I'm going to protest if he performs there. And they just, you know, the dude's been working there forever. Yeah. And they just said, you can't come here anymore. The threat of a social media protest or any sort of public uh, outing of, of things, uh, companies are so scared of that now. They're so fucking scared. They'd rather fire an innocent guy than they would stand up to the possibility of a protest. That's frightening. Exactly. And I mean, I, I think I've told the story before, but I have brief experience with it because I was doing a gig for the LA Weekly. I was covering an event and I talked to this girl who was a writer and I don't even want to fucking say who it is because uh, all she wants is attention. I talked to her for about five minutes, just small talk, nothing happened. Um, and she said, hey, send me an email, follow up. You know, we can trade contacts, whatever, et cetera. So I, I emailed her and she was like, you had a lot of nerve emailing me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, she's like, you know, you're really threatening. It was all just psychotic and sure. <laughs> contrived. And so she called the LA Weekly and I never worked for them again. Um, and they didn't even have the balls to say, uh, here's why we're not returning your calls. And so she fucked me over a little bit. You know, it's not that big of a deal. There's other places to work. But she and, you know, then I researched her and she's, of course, accused guys of rape and retroactively and all this shit. And she's super shady. Um, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, let's face it. The pendulum has swung. I mean, so 50 years ago, literally women were raped and they, was not, they had no recourse. And now they can be not rape, but make the accusation and destroy somebody just for the accusation. Yeah. So it's come like the pendulum swung from zero power to like absolute power. And I would never have thought, and you know, you just have to believe me that just literally nothing transpired between us. And uh, You seem like an upstanding guy, I believe you. She just as a hobby or for whatever reason, spite, I don't know why, decided to fuck me over. And luckily she couldn't fuck me over too bad. But well, yeah, she certainly would have. And who, in the case of Ryan Lizzo, who's going to be more spiteful than an ex than an ex girlfriend you've just gone through a complicated situation with? That's the person. You know, they, uh, granted, they would be the ones to be the victims of anything you did, but also they'd be the ones who are so spiteful and angry at you. They would be the person in the world looking for revenge on you. Yeah. So that's why we have due process. That's why we have. Let's hear the evidence. Let's have something like that. These companies need to have some sort of policy in place. We're like, okay, if this happens, here's what we're going to do. Here's the 10 steps we're going through. You have a chance to defend yourself. We're going to try to figure out what's going on here before we fire you. Maybe we suspend you with pay. 
in the meantime, some shit like that, like the police do. But what if it's just a he said, she said? What if there's no evidence? You, you look at their backgrounds. Then you can't fire. You can't fire the guy. I mean, you can't. Fire, if there's no, if there's no crime, and it's a ex girlfriend saying he did something that has nothing to do with his work, you can't fire. You can't fire somebody over that. Uh, I hope he sues and I hope he wins. Again, I mean, this is really the wor- the very very worst part about this is there are cases of shitty fucking behavior, you know, with guys who do deserve to be fired if not put in jail and these other cases just ruin that because now all guys just assume all women are lying and these cases are all fucking penny ante and doesn't don't matter whereas 10% of them are really serious by introducing the other 90% that are less serious or not serious you really demean like and I think women are starting to understand that as well which is why you see some prominent females coming out and saying just stop this me too shit with all your stuff that is really insignificant because you're really taken away from women who have been violently assaulted or have their lives destroyed yeah with your like guy jumped in line in front of me at the candy at the candy vending machine and said step aside I, I cried for five hours <laughs> Matt, let me ask you: uh, When you get arrested, as you often do, what do they list you? What do they list your occupation as? Never, uh, never been arrested. Really? Never been caught. Never been convicted. Never, never been to jail. Yeah. Uh, what? I guess it'd be comedian. Yeah, comedian Matt Ralston arrested for say out pedophilia as an example. <laughs> so this a woman. So it seems to me that every day, in addition to sexual harassment cases, there is someone being kicked off a plane for unruly behavior. That seems to be a common occurrence. Now, I don't know when this started, but it seems like about two years ago when people just started, you know, the planes got small, the seats got smaller, the planes got more packed. Yeah, people are pissed, they're on edge. People are pissed, they're more on edge, the flights are more delayed. I don't know if the flights are more delayed than before. Actually, it seems like air travel's gotten better than it was 10 years ago in terms of just like the delays. Yeah. Um, maybe that's me, but it seems to me like delays have gotten less than they used to be. There's less canceled flights, I feel like. Yeah, it seems like whatever it is, the weather, whatever it is, it seems like I used to sit in the air. I remember sitting in airports for long periods of time and, and at the bar for, for hours and hours. Yeah. And now I kind of feel like I just rush into every plane I go to and it's, it's taking off. So I think that's a good sign. Well, they may have changed the regulations to where now they like to get you on the plane and then sit there for several hours. That too. But places like Southwest have really like figured out how to shuttle people on and off the plane really fast. Yeah. Do you ever go to Burbank Airport? Oh, yeah. Where they put you on the back of the plane? Oh, yeah. Front and back at the same time? Yeah, yeah. It is, by the way, the most simplest genius idea ever. I don't know why it's not on every flight. Well, they can only do it on on, uh, airports where they don't have the the jetway, right? Well, couldn't they get one of those, what do you call that thing? Tarmac? The jetway? The The thing uh, that rolls out? The thing you walk down? Couldn't they just get like a horseshoe-shaped one? And, you know, put it on both the doors? Probably. But for the people who don't know, at Burbank, they, on, their, on 737s, they exit and enter and exit from both the front and back of the plane. So, like, if you go to sit at the back of the plane, you're the first one off. Yeah. Which is amazing. So, if you don't mind the toilet stink on a short flight, you can jump off in Burbank, like, in two seconds. I kind of do mind that, though. Uh, the toilet smell? Yeah. I kind of want to be in the front or the middle. Uh, middle sucks because you're getting off front or back. But literally, the plane boards and gets off twice as fast as every other plane. Because people run to the back and jump and climb in the back. You know what's so annoying now, too, is because they're charging for uh, bags is everyone's got their carry-ons. I got on the plane, and there was, like, several rows open, and there's no overhead uh, storage. It's like, did one guy bring 40 fucking carry-ons? Like, I'm trying to do the math on this. Clearly, they designed these bins overhead yes. to accommodate everyone having Well, one. the bins were designed from—the the planes haven't changed. The bins were designed from the time people were allowed to freely check their luggage. 
So there was probably less carried on items. Yeah. Because you used to send your bigger items through for free. But now at 25 bucks a bag, everyone's trying to shove everything over their head. So people are bringing more stuff. Yeah. The bigger stuff. Super annoying. They're like, yeah, just put it by your feet. I'm like, there's, there's nothing there. There's, I, fucking, there's six <laughs> inches between me and the goddamn TV. Well, they'll charge you. They'll charge you to get on early to put your bags up. Now you can pay extra. That's the thing they've done. The airfares are cheaper, but any of the extras, like, I want to get on early so I can put my bags over my, and t- put two giant bags over my head. Yeah. You pay 25 bucks, you get that. What I do is I just take one of my, like, my daughter and have her hobble. <laughs> you know, really early. I'll feel like, come on, sweetheart. You're an asshole. <laughs> I do. I do. I'll make her hobble. And I've taught her, like, how not to hobble too much because it looks fake. So, like, a light hobble. And everyone goes, like, oh. <laughs> and then I bring, like, 27, carry- 27 carry-ons. So, May, May Rue, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing her name. I cannot pronounce anything other than straight traditional American names. Uh, she was kicked off later. She was kicked off Spirit Airlines. Of course, the way we know everyone's kicked off airlines because everyone's cell phone videos everything. Um, I'm convinced that's one of the downfalls of this of this world is the cell phone, the cell phone video. Yeah, oh, always completely out of context. By the way, uh, there's always like a 20 minute altercation, and you get like 11 seconds of it, so you see like the worst of one side, and it goes viral. <laughs> so it's like some horrible thing. Um, so she was kicked off Spirit Airlines because she had a toddler, a two year old, who she was breast trying to breastfeed to quiet him down. Uh, before takeoff, and the the you know the flight attendants had said, you know, we got to prepare for takeoff, and you got to strap the kid in next to you. He can't be on your lap sucking on your tit. Uh, she said he needs it to calm down, and basically said they ordered her a second time. She didn't do it, and then they they called the cops to take her off the plane because after a second request, some rule that if they don't comply, you have to remove people from the airplane. Yeah, and it's not up to the flight attendants whether you can or can't do that. Like, that's a, a federal law. They, they have to be strapped in. The minute the door is closed on the plane, they have to be strapped in. So she, you know, there's nothing they can do. You're, you can't argue it. Well, she did on the cell phone thing. And it turns out May Rue is, unlike you as a comedian, is a cancer researcher and a pianist. Because every headline I saw that struck me was like, cancer researcher and pianist kicked off kicked yeah, off. when play. did AP articles turn into like your, your Playboy uh, yes. profile? As if, as if they're, they're not trying to give away their position on the issue. But just so you know, she's a cancer researcher and a pianist. What yeah. about like pedophile and drunk? Very sympathetic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't have a hobby like that. If they, if they said, you know, Matt Ralston, comedian and... Uh, like I don't, I don't like make wine or anything. You no. know, I don't have anything cool. Well, that was like the doctor where the guy in Chicago got beat up when he, by the cops and got taken off the plane. The Asian doctor, although it turned out later on he was uh, prescribing opiates, like at an alarming, alarming level, and having sex with the young boys. Yeah, but he was still listed in the sympathetically as doctor or physician, <laughs> as opposed to like opioid prescriber and child <laughs> child predator. Uh, but yeah, the actual in the headlines: cancer researcher and pianist kicked off Spirit Airlines for breastfeeding toddler now that, when you read that headline you go like oh my god are we over the fucking nazis the stormtroopers have taken over spirit airlines <laughs> it's ridiculous but i was actually surprised you agree with me that i think it, i have this when i was a kid i always thought whenever i saw a traffic a, a car accident and there was a traffic jam behind the car accident that someday we need to invent like a flying machine with lasers that when a car got in an accident like on the freeway it would just laser the car into not, disintegrate the car so we could keep driving <laughs> Like, it didn't matter if it was your fault or not. If you were involved in a collision with lack of traffic, there's just a machine with flyover head like in 10 seconds and disintegrate and people keep driving over you. You've got to admit that's pretty genius. That's, I mean, I think you're insane. But well, yeah. there's like a guy who stalled. There's always a bumper, fender better, like in the 405. 
And then it stops millions of people driving for five hours, like yeah, 10 yeah. million extra hours of driving time. What, what do these fucking idiots think? Like the uh, uh, head detective from the LABT is going to come down and do a forensic <laughs> yes. test. Like, get off the street. You're, first of all, you're standing in the highway. Someone's going to kill you um, accidentally. Uh, there's no just get you got to get the car off the street yeah but i didn't mean to kill the people in the car they have that 10 seconds to get off out of their cars before the cars are disintegrated <laughs> they just turn to ash and people keep driving um but they, i i think everybody roots for the people getting kicked off the plane because people just want to get the fuck off take off like yeah that, that feeling of taking off like you're finally leaving is so fucking ejaculatory <laughs> i know <laughs> it's just due like, to the airline mergers i mean the quality like flying always sucked and then there was 9-11 with all this paranoid fucking military industrial shit fucking guys waving Uzis around in the airport for some unknown reason and, you know, getting... Untrained, guy, untrained, untrained guys with five hours, of tra- five hours in seminars with guns. Catch, catch your own body scan while you're going through, like, yeah, my balls are sagging a little bit, you know. Uh, and, and it's just terrible now. And, and everyone's so... They take it really seriously. They've, they've almost become kind of and it's overly corporate and it's like, it's, a, like wait, it's basically like waiting in line at the DMV now you just want it to be over you with you want right? it to get off so when you sit down you're like just no one make any scene yes. don't cause a fuss yes. I'm, I need to get drunk immediately so I can tolerate this nobody shots Allahu Akbar while I'm on this plane there, there was shit. some guy uh, last time I flew a couple of weeks ago there was a guy that had in the air uh, what do you call it the exit row he had his baby uh, seat in the exit row, which yeah, by the way, do. so the baby's going to open the door. What are, what are we doing here? And they said you can't have that here. You yeah, be like sixteen it. or over. Yeah, and he said, "Well, they said," and they're like, "Look, it's just the law. We can't do." And so I'm like, "I want to say, hey, you fucking douchebag, yes. fucking stop it, so we can leave." But then they're going to be like, "Oh, there's an all," and then I'm going to get kicked off the plane. Yes. So I just got to sit there, and it's super awkward. Um, just look, this is a situation where you just got to. You just got to swallow your pride and understand this is the system we've set up. If you want to write a letter to your congressman and say they need to change these retarded regulations, I support that. But once you're on the plane, you just got to shut the fuck up until we take off. There's a new, I think there's a new feeling among, uh, I'll call them young people, maybe old people too. There's a new feeling, there's a new entitlement feeling people have. Yeah. Like they feel entitled to have their voice heard. It's the weirdest thing. I always remember when I, when I first had my first retail job at Macy's selling ladies' shoes. Uh, I remember the lady, the lady said, one thing that stuck with me, she said, like, when people hate your service and they hate this, whatever you're doing in the store, they won't complain. They just won't come back. Mm-hmm. Like, and you'll never know that they hated the experience here. They just won't come back and never shop here again. So we have to really, you know, the idea was to be really careful how you treat people because they won't let you know when they're upset. They'll just never come back. And that was some time ago. And now I think we've changed into a world where, like, everyone feels that they have to complain. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like their their opinion is so like they have to like it comes to my kid I think kids in school where they're told like their voice is important and what they're feeling matters versus you and I growing up in school where like everyone just told us to shut the fuck up yeah. it doesn't matter what you have to say uh, and now it's like I have the right to have my five minute speech because I want you to know how my feelings are you know my feelings are hurt right. I want you to know how your FAA regulation affects me personally as a person how I feel about it right. as opposed to. In the old days, people would feel like, I'm a fucking dick. Why am I holding up the airplane? You know, I would just, you know, my coach, my dad, every male figure in my entire life told me my opinion didn't count and shut the fuck up. Now they're being told, like, express yourself, vent your feelings because this is healthy and you're an important person and your opinion matters. So everyone has to make a speech. Everyone has to make a speech and a cell phone video now where they're ranting at this flight attendant to explain why they're right and the flight attendant's wrong. 
Yeah. I, I, didn't, I don't think that... I mean, I only have them before people were wasted. <laughs> now, they're, now they're sober. Now they're sober and doing it. Uh, well, I think you agree with you. Kick her off the... Fi- I don't care if she's a cancer research and a pianist. <laughs> well, see, these flight attendants, these aren't cops with a gun in your face. They're usually fairly patient and reasonable. A lot of them are cunty, but... You know, they're not real intimidating. They don't appear to have some kind of power trip. No. I think they're just like us in that they want to, they want the flight to take off so they can go suck each other off in the hotel in <laughs> Cabo or whatever. The gay men. Do you mean the gay men? I'm talking all of them. They all fuck. I may, Rue. I don't care if you're a cancer researcher and a pianist. Fuck you. Get off the plane. Everyone yeah, fuck cla- you. Everyone always claps. I was waiting in line recently at a Hertz rent-a-car. Like, 18 people in line. They only had one, one attendant. And the people in front, at the, waiting at the counter, they're being currently took forever. They were changing their cars, they were changing their credit card, they were going through the different deals and coupons they had. And at, after about fifteen minutes, all of us in line had decided we we're going to kill them. We were just going to decide, like we became <laughs> close friends, and decided we we're just going to take this person down, and just kill him. Like how we actually plotted how we could kill the person at the front at the counter waiting for, waiting for their car. I mean, literally, you got to know, like if it's twenty, if there's twenty, if eighteen people behind you, you're taking twenty five minutes arguing over the, like the the Ford Fiesta versus the other thing and what your mileage thing, what your plan has. There's like fifteen, eighteen people behind you waiting two hours in line. Move the fuck along, get your car, and move the fuck along. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, your your goal is someday to uh, date a Muslim supermodel. I wouldn't mind that. Can you be a can you be a Muslim chick who also gets naked for a living? I don't know. I think like we ju- I think <laughs> so just just asking. It's not, there are no um, you know. There's different sects of Christianity that are a lot more liberal than others. I don't believe there is that with Muslims. I think they're either full tilt crazy or moderately insane. I don't think I feel I I I have no feeling one way or another about Muslims. But I kind of feel bad when they say like, oh, you don't wear the. You know, if you're American Muslim, you don't wear the head, the hijab, you don't wear a burqa, therefore you can't be a real Muslim. That seems like something that isn't correct. This <laughs> like that maybe maybe you're wrong about that and you just don't know. Yeah, there's no reason to wrap your head up. I, I mean, that must have originated just to protect from the sun or something, right? Or to pr- protect modesty. Pretty much we're going to fuck with women, make them wear this stupid thing all the time. Well, also their women are really ugly. Oh, come on. <laughs> She's pretty hot. Do you think it's hot chicks like in the Saudi Arabian? Oh, she is. Yes. Do you think? But that's because her. She's only half Muslim. Her mother was a Dutch supermodel, so that blonde Dutch supermodel. So that uh-huh. kind of helped. Do you think if you pull a burkas back, like in, in Riyadh, you're going to see like a lot of tens? I don't know. It'd be hard to tell because they're under that. I mean, they they're not allowed to leave the house, so I'd imagine their muscle tone is lacking severely. Um, I just assume all the hot women got out. Like any place that's severely restricted, I assume all the hot women get out. Well, there's still hot chicks in Saudi Arabia, which is. A little more liberal, but still, you know. You think so? Well, it's it's a totalitarian. Uh, I don't know if they're in a Sharia law or whatnot, but they just recently were allowed to drive, so that should tell you something. They got movie theaters open for the first time in 35 years. Okay, yeah. so we're making a little progress. I feel the same way about Saudi Arabia as I did Nebraska. If you're a hot chick, you got out. Like, there's no, like, Nebraska... Well, you can't just leave. I mean, well, no, you're you're probably wealthy, and you go to Paris, live in Paris. Well, there's got to be hot chicks that aren't wealthy. I don't think so. Everyone's wealthy in Saudi Arabia. I think if you're if you're a hot chick, you like find a guy to sponsor you or and or marry you or whatever, and you get to England or Paris or somewhere else. You're not living those those guys, those Saudi princes stuff. They're not hang, they go to they, you know have residence in Saudi Arabia, but they're doing all their partying in Europe. 
They're always in New York or London, somewhere else, just doing all their having a good time. Well, I'm gonna. Agree, I think I'm gonna disagree with you in that. Like, it's not like in the movies where the lecherous, like, street urchin has the seducing <laughs> eyes on her, but like, clearly there are, you know, attractive women that are living in the fucking favelas and whatnot. I'd like to see. I'd like to see that. So, uh, uh, Becca writes an email. Isn't Bella Hadid's post about being moved to tears by the embassy move to Jerusalem? In between nearly topless selfies, another sign that dumb model twats should stay in their lane. <laughs> Twat seems really, really offensive, Becca, I have to say. But it is something we talked about earlier. Like, so her dad is Palis- is, was born Palestinian in Jordan. He was a Palestinian and born in Jordan. He left as soon as he fucking could, moved to Europe, became a nightclub owner, then moved to Beverly Hills and became a mansion builder and fucker of lots of models. And he had three or four wives already. He's always hanging around hot chicks. That's neither here nor there. He can be a Muslim who fucks lots of young models, I guess. Uh, so she and her sister, the Hadid sisters, always claim their Muslim heritage when it's, conven- when it's convenient. <laughs> like for anti-Trump marches, they march in front with like, I'm Muslim and I'm proud. I don't blame her for stating an opinion upon the embassy move from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Maybe that's important in her, in her family or her culture. But can you take her seriously if she posts that in between like 30 photos of her down her top seeing her, <laughs> seeing her big tits? Is that like, does that disqualify you from a valid opinion? I don't know. Um, she doesn't appear to have a lot of opinions. You know, I don't think she's like a trusted name in news. I don't know if she even <clears throat> knows what she's talking about or the significance of moving the embassy. She um, cried. She said she cried for a whole day. Certainly don't believe that. <laughs> That's obviously a lie. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, she can say she doesn't like it, I guess. I got no problem with that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't with, care about anything she says, nor will I ever. Well, ten million people, ten uh, like a million people respond. A million people respond. The thing that scares me about the models, like the, the, the and let's assume she's dumb. Uh, she's I think a, we can assume that. The thing that bothers me about that is like, okay, she's fo- she's mostly posting selfie, hot selfies of herself or her makeup tips or shit like that. When these people who have like ten million, twenty million followers on Instagram start posting shit about politics or world events. They de facto become the primary news source for like millions of young girls, millions of young girls who never read a newspaper or read an actual news outlet anywhere. So when they read about like, just as an example, the embassy moved to Jerusalem and how it's going to crush the palace, whatever it is, that then becomes their informed, these girls, millions of girls informed decision about Israeli Palestinian, Palestinian, you know, uh, whatever conflict. They don't have, like, a second source. There's nowhere else they have to go for that, which scares me about just hot chicks on social media giving political opinions. Yeah. Well, you don't hear that side of it very often, though. It's, it's probably usually like, uh, well, yeah, you know, we're entitled to move the embassy there because it's a Christian, the birthplace of the Bible and Jesus and all this shit, and even though Israel's occupying Palestine, uh, as the U.N. agrees. Um, and no other country except them doesn't think that's what they're doing. So it's sort of an apartheid thing they have going there. And I feel like you hear the Jewish side of it pretty consistently. So, so you're behind Bella Hadid. Uh, well, I think Trump did it either as a distraction or just some sort of t- 
token symbol saying, okay, this will cause like some violence. Uh, so, you know, we'll sacrifice a few guys for uh, this headline and maybe we'll stop talking Palestinians about Palestinians need a better flag. I think the Palestinians need a better flag. That's one of the things I learned. So they're burning, they're burning the American flag, but their Palestinian flag really needs a re, a re, a re, a redo. What is their flag? It's like green or something? It's got some multiple colors and symbols. This is way too complicated. I feel like if you want to be taken seriously, you need a, more simple, a simple flag. Too much, too much uh, gold, gold uh, emblems on it. I would do like a graffiti flag, like real gangster. I'd just go like full. I would go Jolly Roger, full Jolly Roger, or something <laughs> like that. Um, well, then, here's the thing. So, uh, like when Pam Anderson wrote like an, an op-ed somehow in the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, whatever that was, I'm like okay with that, even though she had she didn't write it herself, because that's only going to be read by people who read the newspaper. So, having a celebrity provide an opinion in a in a you know one page whatever of a newspaper to me is. You know, people are obviously reading the newspaper. But on social media, you go direct to the brains of uh, semi-retarded young people. And that's when, it's, that's when I get a little nervous. And it's not just this example, but other examples of, like, the Kardashians discussing, like, genocide in Armenia or whatever else it is. And also they have five million, you know, people going like, yeah, that was whatever. <laughs> like, they have no context. There's no context for any of this. But this is how, this is how people... Especially the young women get their news these days. It's from social media. So what's the... I mean, how do you remedy that in any way? Are just you show us. Just I would just say, show us your tits. Just more tits. <laughs> just more tits. Just I mean, just mock them senselessly. That's what we're doing. Uh, I think Becca had the right opinion. Just mock them. I mean, it's it's unfair to some celebrities who actually have valid opinions, valid educated opinions. But once you've decided to make your living off your looks, I think you've just kind of given up a little bit of rights to be taken seriously as a as a speaker. When did everything become so? rife with histrionics and over you know in hyperbole like i feel like it used to be hey we shouldn't have moved the embassy to jerusalem but now it's like i cried for an entire day and it's like you're obviously lying or you're you have i think a, you did cry a for a mental day. You have, have dumb have you been around really dumb women before yeah yeah they get overwrought by lots, by lots of shit well it must have been something else if she indeed cried for a whole day because that's why they, that's why, well, her dad was crying, she said, and made her cry, whatever, cried. I don't know, they all cried. So, as if the day before things were great for the Palestinians. <laughs> like, life was amazing, and then they moved the movie. By the way, they didn't even move the embassy to Jerusalem. It's going to take like 20 years before they do that. Then Trump made this announcement, and all of a sudden, like, all our Starbucks were, were gone. Our great life was, our great direct TV programming was gone. Like, everything went to shit. So, they're in a bad position. Poor Bella. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, rape, that's your thing. Uh, is that on your... <laughs> Maybe that'll be your thing when you get arrested. Rapist and comedian. Paz de la Huerta may have had the one rape case that was going to go forward against Harvey Weinstein. So uh, there's been 100 accusers of Harvey Weinstein, I counted. But only four have accused him of uh, actual w- w- criminal sexual assault. Uh-huh. Uh, and the only case that seemed to be going forward... Because some of them are 20, 25, 30 years old. Statute of limitations has run out on all of them. Not to mention they just generally won't prosecute a case that old for sexual assault when there's no third-party witnesses. Because there's no DNA evidence. There's no other kinds of evidence. And these are all date rape cases because these are all people who knew Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. and had relations with them, social relations in some manner. So that's just going to be he denies it. He denies it. She says it happened. And then where do you go from there? And it's 30 years old and, and you, can't get the case, you can't get the case going. Paz de la Huerta's rapes, uh, quote-unquote rapes, occurred in 2010 when she said, she originally said Harvey Weinstein came to her apartment uh, under the pretext of discussing a movie or something, 
forced himself inside, lifted. I mean, he directly lifted her skirt and raped and, and, and forcefully penetrated her. Uh, and then she claims a month later, she invited him to her the lobby of her building to discuss what had happened. Somehow he got back up in her apartment. I assume this is by a, way, a secure apartment, by the way. I uh, got up in her apartment and then raped her again a month, a month later. I, I would like a little more elaboration <laughs> on the timeline part as to where he got up to your apartment with you the second time yes, after right. he raped you the first time. Yes. So, uh, and this, by the way, when, she, when she, that part came out, everyone was like, oh, yeah, we finally have a case of, like, this guy is like a mad serial rape. I mean, this guy is like a physically assaultive, sexually assaultive Big fat slob, you know, guy who grabs girls, throws them down on the ground, and fucking rapes them. And this is a uh, we're going to put away for twenty years. Well, it turns out some more details <laughs> have emerged of the case, mm-hmm. and it may be that uh, a couple things. The police, it looks like, are going to drop the case and not prosecute the case because they've reviewed the evidence, and it looks like what Paz originally sort of described as a physical assault was actually her having sex with Weinstein feeling like she needed to do it because he's important in the business and she felt coerced into having sex, like her professional career counted on it. So she had sex with him. And then the second time, the same thing. And then, by the way, in the, in the month, in between the two sexual encounters, they hung out together socially. <laughs> they hung out together socially. Like a lot. Not that she liked them. No one ever implied she liked them, right? But that she had like photos of her like at parties with him with her arms wrapped around him for... For, for pictures and stuff like that. And that they, yeah, they, they were hanging. It was a movie, I think, that was coming out or some event in New York that they were hanging out for a few times. So, uh, and then there's a letter from the therapist, which I don't know how you get a letter from the shrink. I thought those were all, like, confidential. I think you call your therapist and tell them to provide a copy of a letter. To she must have. Paused, De La Huerta must have. Yeah. The cops can't get that. Other, no, the cops can't, and the therapist would be... Uh, you know, fired or, or uh, yeah, that lose your be license. A, a ethical, yeah, and then, and then the therapist, the letter, the therapist basically said to pause, like I, I'm dealing with this issue because I don't think that you have, you felt you were coerced into sex, but you didn't actually resist the attempts at sexual, you know, uh, whatever intercourse, which kind of makes it, you know, backs up the claim that they had sex. Weinstein obviously. Use some sort of, uh, you know, nobody wants, let's put it this way, nobody wants to fuck Weinstein consensually. No. <laughs> There's not a single woman on this earth who wants to have sex with Harvey Weinstein. Including so you, his wife. Including his wife, who didn't apparently ever. Uh, so you assume that all these are coerced sexual encounters because. There's no other way he's having. There's no other way he's having sex. It's, well, it depends. Is it coercion? Is it you're never going to work in this town if you don't fuck me? Or is it. If you want to fuck me, I will let you read for this part, or I will give you a small part in this film. That's just offering, uh, you know. A, it's called, an I'm gonna call it. It's called. I mean, you're reading reading into the word coercion as if it's like a evil, sinister thing. Yeah, coercion could just mean money changing hands. It could be there's a there's a element, a third element to this equation that you're being remunerated in some way. Like well, that's a, like a hooker, you yes. know, filing charges because she's like. Well, he paid me $100 to blow him, and I did. And you're like, okay. So, uh. <laughs> well, but she was, but that would be her line of business. This is, you know, Paz Daily Waiter's line of business was not making money off it of sex. It sounds like she was whoring around, and then years later decided she's not too proud of that. And, you know, there's, she's not getting, uh, 
anything in exchange. Wow, for you've gone for him. Uh, I would say you've gone full Morrissey on this. <laughs> you think she had this uh, consensual deal with him and then didn't like the way it turned out. For her, I'm not saying that's the case with all the accusers, but for this one, that's exactly what it sounds I can like. See how it, I can see how a woman felt. She was pushed. She was forced, quote unquote, non-physically forced into it. Like she felt she had nowhere else, you know, that she, her career, if she wanted her to work in Hollywood. And Annabella Shiora, who was, claimed that she was sexually assaulted by Weinstein, said that when she brought it up, she didn't work again for three or four years afterwards. So I can see the power that he had. I can see the power that he was essentially their boss. Let's say he was de facto their boss. Right. So I can see the power he had over them. And I agree with the fact that it's, it's sexual harassment in the least. But it's not. It's still not rape. It's just not. That's just not the crime of rape, which they keep trying to build up these charges because the LAPD and NYPD have to act like they're doing something about this. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just there's no rape in her rape. There's no rape in her rape charges. It's disgusting behavior. But you know, once you kind of agree that like you're going to fuck your boss to get a promotion, it's just you know, it, it's gross on his part. But you've also taken part of this in this activity. Yeah, and at the time because. You know, the thing I don't like about a lot of these accusations, it sort of insinuates that women are unable to be responsible for their own actions or or make calculated decisions. And obviously they are. Um, And so, you know, now she's saying, look, you you participated in it. You know, you're a big girl. You make big girl decisions. And uh, now you got to you got to live with it. You weren't raped just because you're not proud of what you did. Or even if he like even if he did like. Even if he did threaten you, like with like not being in his next movie or fire you, you know, even if he did that, if he did that, you got to come out with that and say that shit. But that's still not a crime. So I mean, people are really mixing up the the sort of sexual harassment with actual criminal complaints in this Me Too age, mm-hmm. where there is a huge difference. And Weinstein's not a dumb guy. He picked on the he picked out his targets based on women he knew would go for his whatever his ploy was. So that he knew that he wasn't, he knew that he wasn't committing a crime. And she's like an unstable individual, right? Yeah, I mean, she's been known to be unstable. She was an early model for Terry Richard, Terry Richardson, <laughs> nude model for Terry Richardson. Did she actually get any parts out of this? Any movie parts? Uh, she was in Boardwalk Empire. I don't know about the uh, the movie part. She's she's been in or been not or like been in. from Weinstein. He's kind of weird. She's a really weird looking lady, so she yeah. doesn't get traditional uh, leading female roles. She has sort of a very odd, uh, odd, uh, let's say non non sexy, manly, manly, just sort of weird, missing chromosomal kind of look. Yeah. Uh, slamming body though, slamming body. But uh, it, it's, it's just Weinstein knew exactly what he was doing, which is why he had a sexual harassment loss uh, fund set up at his office and a sexual harassment clause in his contract that worked that he couldn't be fired for sexual harassment because he knew where the line was and he knew he wasn't crossing the line because he's a, he's a sinister evil genius. Mm-hmm. So he fucked the 100 women or came in their plants or on their shoes or showered while made him watch them shower knowing that at the end of the day it would cost him some money but it would never put him in, it would never put him in jail. Uh, and that's I think what's going to end up happening in his case. It's going to be all this stuff and when people think like why is he not in jail? It's because we can't have a, a society where you know, if you kind of tell a girl you'll get her move, roll in the movies and she fucks you, that you go to jail for rape. Exactly. And, and you know, I'd like to hear a little more in general about who else was complacent in this for the men and women who worked at Miramax to uh, Lisa Bloom, his attorney. And, you know, I th- we've covered all the really uh, elaborate 
sort of misinformation and and payoffs and everything that was involved. What about, but, the, what about the assistant he had? Who came, this came out in the latest uh, Times in the orchestra, I don't know. Uh, who had to bring him the injections for his penis before he had the girls come over for casting. Yeah. There's one assistant whose job it was to bring the dick injections <laughs> for his dick to get hard. How is he so horny and he can't even get a boner? Is it just a genetic thing? Well, he's an older man and he's like having sex. He's having a lot of sex. He's having a lot but of sex. But when your dick doesn't get hard, isn't that your body, like... Is- Aren't you not that into it at that point? Well, I think it's like porn stars. They have to. Enjoy, they take the whatever the fuck they take the poppers mm-hmm. because they're just having sex all the time and they're just not ex- that either. They're doing it too often. It's just not that exciting for them any longer, and they want to, you know, they want a big hard on as opposed but to if like it's a, not exciting. Why don't you go? Maybe he had low T or something. But I don't know. I could, yeah, possible. Just watch a movie if like if you got to put that much effort into it. Are you really? You're forcing it, is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, although maybe that's part of maybe his partial impotency is part of the thing that drove him to you know maybe be a predator, be a predator in the first place. I mean, do porn stars, the guys when they're fucking, are they super into it, or is it just like another job? Uh, I just assume they're all snorting coke or something. They're taking amphetamines and shooting amphetamines into their dicks. Yeah, it can't be that. I mean, I guess those guys always talk about they love sex, and when they're in the porn, you can't love fucking that many. Do they chicks. love when they have to do the gay scenes <laughs> as part of their uh, contract? Do you see the uh, porn star who killed herself? Yeah, she's. Oh, so what she did was she said, "I don't want to work with this guy because he has sex with other guys on camera." And but isn't that every porn star? Yeah, yeah, mostly. But I guess there's probably some that don't. And she had her standards. So she said, "Because uh, the testing standards are different. Apparently, some of the gay studios don't. Um, they aren't as diligent with the testing and whatnot." And uh, so then everyone's like, "You're a homophobe," and then she killed herself. Uh, well, she had, let's put it in the context. She had a lot of other problems. Before, oh, before I'm that. assuming she did. <laughs> she was she was a very troubled troubled young porn star lady. How could you tell? <laughs> yes. So, but they, yeah, there was they called her a homophobe for saying she wouldn't work with the gay actors. Which, by the way, seems totally reasonable to me. Yeah, and she didn't. She never said it was because she just didn't like gay people. She said it's because I don't want to get AIDS and die. So that's it. Turns out that gay porn stars probably contract AIDS at a, a greater rate than uh, your average librarian. Uh, yes, unless your librarian, average librarians, have a lot of unprotected sodomy. That's true. Uh, poor girl. Porn's just a dirty business. People die. That's just how I'm going to go with it. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I'm calling this segment things that people in New York and Los Angeles have no idea makes them seem eccentric and out of touch versus how they characterize middle America. I'm going to call Alaska middle America, by the way, even though you're technically not even part of the contiguous, you know, <laughs> contiguous United States. Call it the West Coast. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like Alaska is just kind of like out there. But I think their values are more reflective of the Midwest probably than they are of, the, uh, of California and New York. That's mm-hmm. my feeling about Alaska, having never been there and stereotyping it's your people. kind of like Arizona, I would say. Um, it's a Republican state, I know. Libertarian. It's a Republican state, right? Yeah, but those people, are, they don't know what they're... They, they don't keep, know what they Republican keep, uh, means. They keep re-voting in some, Murkow- some member of the Murkowski family <laughs> who was just... I assume were just raking cash in on, on, and giving their brother-in-laws just tons of contracts for public works contracts. I assume that, that family is just completely corrupt, right? Yeah, and the, they have a great gig because all the people in Alaska are like, we don't want the government interfering fuck the government we're not even going to read about it and they're like all right cool that works for us you know and then do you like so john conyers uh, resigned for health and or i used to take my pants off in the office reasons <laughs> so he wants his son to, his son to succeed him 
But his son's already been arrested for for, for drugs and for stabbing and stabbing a woman. Oh, really? Yeah, but like he's probably still going to win because like in Detroit, the Conyers name is just like it's just like you know Murkowski in Alaska. Some of those names where they just keep they keep just re revoting in same members of the same family. Yeah, it's like a dynasty. It's like the Clintons in Arkansas. It's just a dynasty in an area. It's a lot of name recognition. I mean, Roy Moore might win, and he's. He's like a failed pedophile. Like he couldn't get laid with the chicks who were fourteen because they were just like, "Nah." Why would you write? By the way, if you're if you're if your thing is to have sex with underage girls, why would you write in their yearbooks? <laughs> that's the part. That, that's. I mean, yes, I wouldn't vote for him because he's a pedophile, but also just for the fact that he's not even very smart. Because why would you write notes to the girls in their yearbook like, "Hey, you just fucked me underage. Would you sign my yearbook?" Sure thing, little lady. Good. Uh, yeah. Heart, 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 heart. XXX. Hope I see you over the summer. Great, great times. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that was just like, that was the most bizarre. Like, to actually leave, to actually, like, leave obvious evidence of your relationship with an underage girl. Well, I think she potentially forged that, though. No, they, well, part of it. There's another girl said he signed. He just, he seems like a dumb guy to me, which is the biggest offense of all, because I just assume everyone in, in the Senate or in Congress are just creeps of some kind. But I just don't want them to be stupid. He, he must be stupid. Yeah, because signing the yearbook, that's the equivalent of you're hanging out with some hot 19-year-old chick and you're, like, watching the Kardashians with them and you're like, yes. Kim is so funny. Yes. Like, or you, tweeting with uh, You don't have to do them. the stupid girl shit. You can just bang them. So, yeah, he must be an idiot. Yeah, I, I just assume he's a fucking idiot. Uh, but here's what Sarah Silverman did because she's also, I believe, idiotic. I actually kind of... Oh, I like Sarah Silverman. I like... A lot of her comedy, I like the chances, she, the risks she takes in her comedy. Uh, but the thing I don't like about her is how she fits into the cliche mold of every New York, L.A. Jewish Jewish comedian girl, which is at some some level they are all the same. They just all the same. It's just they're they're cloned they're cloned from one another. And even though she may be like say slightly more talented than Chelsea Handler, they're just they have to by instinct and necessity think alike in ninety five percent ninety five percent of the cases. Fair degree of entitlement. There's an entitlement, there's a there's a sort of like looking down on the common people kind of thing. There's a you know, uh, these are people who have not known struggle in their lives necessarily, and also because they're fairly attractive, especially within their within their uh, industry, they've gotten a lot of privilege for that. So, I mean, not everyone got to they say Chelsea. Not everyone got to suck off the president of E for a job. That just didn't come around. Like that, Margaret. That wasn't offered to Margaret Show. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah Silverman got to date Jimmy Kimmel. That wasn't offered to every. That wasn't offered to like the unattractive fat chicks who do comedy. Right. So there's some benefit to that. So Sarah Silverman did it. She has a Hulu show where she promised her show would be more about like bridging the divide between the two Americas, where she's going to bridge blue and red state mentalities and show everyone that, that we're all one together in comedy or whatnot. Yeah. That didn't last, but for ten seconds, <laughs> she went back to doing like her. Her coastal, her coastal comedy, making fun of rednecks, basically in middle Americans. Because again, that's just that's what she knows. I mean, the whole idea she's going to do that show is stupid because that's not what she knows. What she knows is making fun of Roy Moore and people in Alabama, right? That's what she knows, um, and she's good at it. So she did a monologue where she talked about how she was talking about nationalism and, and Moore and Trump, Trump and the flag and the national anthem at NFL games, and how nationalism. You know, the whole idea was how nationalism scares her, basically. And she recalled the story where she was at her ex-boyfriend's house. And I assume it was in the morning after a night of, uh, of fucking, let's say. And he went outside and he raised an American flag outside his house, which I lived in Georgia for three years. I saw everybody do that. So to me, it's not weird. But she said it was not only weird to her that it scared the shit out of her and she was like 
near catatonic from seeing this. And when she asked her boyfriend why he raised the flag, he said, because I love America. And then she just went to full panic mode. And then you thought, like, this would be a joke about, this would be like a monologue or a joke about how, like, she needed to, like, be more accepting of other people and not overreact to everything. But it wasn't. It was about her calling her sister, who's a rabbi, and saying how, like, the raising the American flag is banners and flags and parades is nationalism, and nationalism is not, you know, makes us think of Nazism and all being, we're all being killed. And then she realized, <laughs> the upshot of her story was, like, it was okay that I felt, like, scared beyond belief to see my boyfriend, like, raising an American flag, because that's how half the country thinks, and rightfully so. Okay. Like, no, that's not, like, you know, yes, half the, half the country doesn't give a shit about the American flag. But they wouldn't freak out seeing someone raising it. You don't go to like by an elementary school in the morning and see them raising the American flag and just like just lose your just lose your shit because I was like, so, you know, the Nazis have t- the Nazis have taken over. I mean, yeah, it's just she seemed to be completely unself aware of the fact how stupid she sounds saying that. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that you would. I don't know if I believe it or not because it sounds really embellished. But say she was sort of troubled by it. Which would just make you intolerant, frankly, because just the act of raising the flag, the guy's not harming anyone or, no. or, or espousing any kind of political belief. It's probably a tradition that he has. Maybe his family did it. You know, there's there's no problem with Now, I would never do it. I think it's stupid. I would make fun of someone that did <laughs> yes. it relentlessly. But, but by the way, this is, a, this is not like some random guy or some guy at like a Charlottesville, like, alt-right you know, uh, meeting. This is her boyfriend. So this is someone she's clearly already decided she likes for a million other reasons. Yeah, it was good enough for you to put his dick in your mouth. <laughs> yes, like, yes. I don't think at the time he was, you know, rambling on about the white race. Like, that's the one, like, I love him, everything about him, except he likes to raise the flag in the morning. Like, like oh, now that's just like a deal, like a deal breaker. That's a deal breaker. How could that be? Like, how can people be so out of touch and again, I'm not, I, don't side, I don't generally side socially with the people who are very patriotic. But how could that be like such a shocking deal breaker to you? It's not like you found out that he's like collecting child porn or that he's like in some weird group or people like that. He's in the 50% of Americans who are extremely patriotic. Yeah, he, he, uh, he didn't raise the Nazi flag. No. He, you live in America, yes. New York, one of the original colonies of America. I don't see the what's behind it exactly. And, uh, you know, if you have a problem, here's the thing I don't get with a lot of this, is if you have a problem with America, I'm not saying leave America. Love it or leave it, motherfuckers. No, that's, that's stupid because you could, stupid. you know, you could have problems with... You, I think it's perfect. I think it's patriotic to criticize the country. I do too, Intel, intelligently. But I also think that you know, if America, I'm assuming part of your problem is that you know we've sort of occupied a lot of the world with military bases and uh, tend to oppress people in uh, various island nations and uh, whatnot. Okay, so that makes the dollar stronger. And so that means that you uh, can live in a bigger house. And so if you really have a problem with that, uh, perhaps, I don't know, move into a smaller house, give some of that money to uh, the people of uh, Malaysia. I don't see that happening. So I, I just don't get the laziness of being unpatriotic, but, but sort of not specific about it. Like, you, you should be able to articulate in this diatribe that she had why you have a problem with someone raising the flag. Well, here's the thing. Like... Uh, just because someone raises the flag and then, say, Roy Moore raises the flag every morning doesn't mean they're both equal. It doesn't mean they're, they're moral equals. It's just a thing, a habit that people have, and a lot of those people you don't like for 
good reasons. Yeah. But obviously, this guy's a guy you liked. So I mean, it's, it's it, to me that's like every how every red stater thinks of every like Hollywood person, <laughs> which is that like they see their boyfriend raising a flag and they like go catatonic and start shaking and <laughs> start convulsing like in fear. Like that that's what like makes them. They're so anti. American, they're so anti anti patriotic. Let's say that they can't handle their boyfriend actually raising a flag. It's so superficial. It would it would be just like uh, someone else saying like, "Oh, I noticed Sarah that you're wearing a Chanel sweater. Do you know what they do to kids in sweatshops? You're a terrible person." <laughs> yes. Which, uh, by the way, no, but no rich women ever ever talk about. No, they conveniently that's not on there. Convenient radar. They conveniently overlook the fact that like I love the fact that uh, Victoria's Secret actually held their. Their, their fashion show this year in China, just like miles away from where all the 12 year old girls were like for 10 cents a day were knitting their shit. And there was not a single, com- there's not a single comment about it. Everybody, everybody, most everybody. I always point to like, people talk about environmentalists, I always point to like Ed Begley Jr. making gas out of his like fucking liquid fat and Daryl Hannah living in a tree for like two years and shit like that. Just show me something. If you're really committed to a cause, give me a little crazy. I want a little crazy. Yeah. Some of you are willing to give up like your TV, and you're willing to give up your cold beer, and you're willing to give up your car. You're going to walk or ride a, a, rides a bike everywhere for the last 40 years. Some of you are willing to do that, that you'll ride from Santa Monica to Burbank on a bike, Yeah, and I'm willing to get behind your, <laughs> really get behind your mission. I mean, she's not if, – if that was the goal of her show, it seems to be doing the opposite because that's why people that are more conservative hate people on the left is because they're so judgmental. And, you know, they're so, um, I don't know, that's just a symbolic thing. It, it, and, and that's like someone on the left being like, oh, you're a bad person because you drive an SUV. And they're like, well, you're a bad person because uh, you're pro-choice. And it's, it's so not productive to the situation. But her behavior is exactly why uh, Trump won is because even people that are just not on the right are just tired of this fucking yeah I think I see like her Lena Dunham with her shit and all this stuff like that and just like I just hate everything about you yeah Trump's an asshole but I hate everything about you and I have to send you a message because that's the only way I'm going to make you guys really and by the way what happened a year ago in the election just caused such a huge upheaval (laughs) there's just people are still psychologically shocked from it because they just didn't think it was going to happen so all the people who wanted to send an F you to those people like Sarah Silverman and Lena Dunham they did it yeah. They, absolutely, they absolutely did it. They're still freaking out. By the way, I can't imagine anybody like east of Los Angeles or west of New York City watches her Hulu show. So I'm just assuming that they gave up on her like mediation thing about halfway through her first show and they realized it was not going to appeal to anyone who was actually going to watch the show. <laughs> right. So they didn't want to see her like, oh, well, actually, I love raising the flag. I'm going to start doing it in my house every day or some, some shit like that. Matt, let me ask you, you're a big fan of Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, yeah, I like them. Uh, they're not bad, actually. I like them. The fir- I say I prefer their first 10 years or their last 10 years. I think every band should only exist for 10 years. It should be a 10-year time limit. And after that, they have to dissolve and never perform it together again. Don't you think that would make music better? Well, the Queens of the Stone Age, I thought, are almost like a... Well, they formed from a bunch of other bands. And in they the, broke up. Like the Midland they, Empire. Yeah, Josh Hom, Home. We're trying to figure out how to pronounce his name properly. He's the only remaining member of the original band. Okay. But I just feel like there should, every band should have a 10-year and like three-album time limit. <laughs> and after that, they just have to go to di- form a different band so they can do it over again. Right. So they're not living off, just living off their... Because there's very few instances of a guy famous from one band who starts another band that also starts another cool band. It, just, it happens in a few cases, but it's very rare. Yeah, you usually blow your load on the first album. I think you got to be just really talented to to keep going. Like 
almost once in a generation because like i play guitar but i can only all my songs sound the same if i were to record an album uh, i would do one album and then it would not get any better yeah it would just be variations of the same thing that wasn't as good so basically what you're saying is you're eddie vetter (laughs) (laughs) as far as i can tell there's one pearl jam song and they just either slow it down or speed it up and then they make albums. They make they make albums out of it. How dare That's you? Not only true of Pearl Jam, by the way. Even Queens of the Stone Age. A lot of music. Let's face it. There's like they have sixty songs. There's probably three different songs among. There's probably three different songs among that. Yeah. So uh, Louis guy wrote an email. Uh, Josh Hom of Queens of the Stone Age kicks a female photographer in her camera. She seems to have overreacted. But isn't forty four and a rich kid from Palm Desert a bit much to be going punk rogue on the press at uh, a uh, K Rock K Rock acoustic party. Christmas party? Which is intentionally a corporate event, and uh, I've been to the K-Rock uh, Weenie Roast for it. It's actually really fun. Um, they bring together like every top 20 band to do like two songs, and everyone just gets high and has a good time. So, Is this like a clear channel thing? How do they afford that? Uh, yeah, it's a clear, uh, iHeart Radio now. Yeah. Oh, right, iHeart But they're all, they're all, label, all brought by the labels, and they do two or three songs. I mean, and they bring the, these are all top bands. I mean, they're all like, you know, not, not pop bands, but top rock bands, mm-hmm. progressive rock bands. And they get like 20 of them in one show, and they all do like 10 minutes. So it's a big deal. That you know, sounds awesome. Uh, it is. If you're like, if you go for the hits. They go for the hits, and you get stoned, and you watch the show for a couple hours, and it's K-Rock, and the, the guys from K-Rock, and it's a fun thing. I would go to that. It's clearly not the place to start cutting your forehead with a knife. On stage and kicking kicking photographers in the face. Yeah, you got to kind of know your audience and yes. your venue. Yes, it's not CBGB. This wasn't CBGB, and you're not like 19 anymore. You're like 44. So I guess the question is: There an age at which you can no longer be punk when you need to stop stop this shit? Well, there's no punk anymore. I mean, unless you're at a, a dirty club somewhere in probably Eastern Europe at this point. But yes. this is all corporate radio. Like, there's nothing punk about it. Well, if this guy, if I, I'm going to give Josh a legitimate credit that he still feels this way inside, that he still feels like a rebel, like an angry rebel inside, even at 44, he still got all the rage you did at 20. Yeah. I can understand that that's possible. But then, yeah, you then don't take the gig. Then don't take the corporate gig. If don't take the bar mitzvah gig, if you're gonna start beating up, just yelling anti-Semitic shit out at the, at the <laughs> venue, you know, if that's what you feel, go yeah. to like you said, a club in Ger- the former East Germany and let it all out, man. Start throw yourself in the mosh pit and break some ribs and stuff. I don't, I don't know if he's actually. I don't know much about him, how angsty or angry he actually is, or or what. But uh, this appeared to be a drug-induced yes. uh, or, or alcohol. Or something like I, I don't think he would have done that sober. He said, he claims he was lost in his performance, which I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> that sounds like that. Uh, that sounds completely idiotic for for a rock for a rock musician. Apparently, he was also talking shit about all the other bands that were on the show. Yeah, that's an uncool move, by the way. It's uncool. I kind of like it. I wouldn't do it. But you can't I, be a comedian who talks shit about the other people in the line. In the no, lineup. no, I, it's not cool to do. I'm just saying I would have enjoyed watching it. I would have thought it was hilarious. Yeah, but then he pulled out a knife and like made a slit in his forehead so he could bleed like a WWE wrestler. That's just a bit. That's Sid Vicious, but like not really the least bit cool. It's not cool at all. You know, Sid did it with a razor blade on his chest. It was kind of cool when he was on heroin in 19. I wouldn't have enjoyed that performance so much. But. Well, you would self, if you self-selected yourself to be at that show, you would have. Right. But no, you not personally wouldn't have. But for his, de- for his demographic, angry, fucking pissed off 16-year-old, it was amazing. I don't know. I think there's an age at which you need to like cool off your like anger. I think I'm, I'm older. And I'm just as angry as I was when I was younger. 
but I realize that like ranting and yelling doesn't look as cool anymore. Like getting like in a fist fight outside a football game when you're older isn't cool any longer. When you're 16 or 18 and you're drunk at like a college game or a high school game, it's cool to get in a fist fight. Well, has he been? Because when you said that, I just remembered the Sid Vicious thing, like cutting yourself with glass and bleeding out. It's a for his career. It's probably a good thing that he died really young because I don't feel like he could have kept that act going. Oh no, he would have. I mean, with all the heroin he was taking, he would have died of whenever AIDS came along for but sure. But just the cutting. I mean, you're going to run out. You're going to bleed out at some point. But has home or home? Is that something he regularly does, or did he just start doing the bleeding thing <laughs> in know. his 40s? It was a Hulk Hogan. Because like, that's like an uh, identity crisis. That's the old Hulk Hogan razor blade under the mat. When he gets thrown off the mat, then he comes up with the blade, and he, like, his, his head's all ble- his head's bleeding. Yeah. And the good thing about it is after you do it a few times, you can just do it. It doesn't hurt at all anymore. You just cut yourself. You don't even feel it. Um, because you have so much scar tissue there, it'll just bleed. It doesn't hurt. Mm. Um, I don't know. It just seems to, I, I think I'm going to go say the 27 Club exists for a reason. Which is, you know, the, all the guys who died at 27. Which is 27 seems to be about the right age when, like, you need to stop that shit. You got, like, 18 to 27 to get in fist fights, do heroin, bang unprotected sex with skanky chicks, put out your best music, tour, tour Asia, do all the, you know, you got nine solid years to do all the fucking punk shit you want to do. Get arrested you know, for, for carrying weapons, whatever the fuck you want to do. And then at 27, you got you got to pull back. And either you're at that point, you're either a musician or not. You know, that's how I feel. Well, that 27 number actually makes sense because that's sort of when your brain uh, stops, you know, forming. That your prefrontal cortex, I think, that is like regulates decision making, is still is still forming when you're in your mid 20s. And so maybe that that number at 27 is not a coincidence. Yeah, and also it's like a time when like it's not cute to be fucked up anymore necessarily all the time. Like, you know, he's not going to have a drink, but it's not, it's not cool to be like a heroin addict at 20, like 32 anymore. No. You had your run. You had your nine or 10 year run. You put your best music out. You're not going to do be- better music anymore. Just either transition to like Eric Clapton to doing some acoustic, doing some acoustic work and live off your, ro- live off your royalties. You can't keep doing the punk shit and throwing yourself in the mosh pit at that age. I agree. I don't like old people. Old people go away. On our final segment today, panties in a bunch. What has my panties in a bunch, surprisingly enough, is a panties model, uh, Adriana Lima. All lingerie models must come from Brazil. I'm not sure. Their other export is, is rubber. Their top export is rubber. Um, Adriana Lima uh, announced this week she's been a model. Victoria's been off 15 years. She's 36 now. She's been modeling underwear, naked modeling since she was 18, or probably younger, in Brazil. Uh, she announced this week she is no longer, she now finds it demeaning for women to take off their clothes uh, for photographs, unless it's for an important cause. She finds it demeaning for women in general to, like, pose nude? It doesn't. She didn't say nude. It could be lingerie modeling as well. Take their clothes off for photos. Like her entire career she found demeaning? Well, what she said is she had a revelation, and her revelation was that she didn't realize the impact she was having on other women by doing that kind of modeling, that how it brought down women on the whole and also how it made other women feel insecure. It was just this false, this false sense of like. You didn't think about this one time until she decided to stop doing it. Uh, apparently, I didn't do it. There was no follow up tweet at, for at the age when you <laughs> sort of a, have to stop doing there it. There was no Q and A. She didn't offer a Q and A follow up for her thing. Nor did she mention what like an important cause qualified as for taking off her clothes. Um, but this is one of the top, still one of the top. Pay, she's been one of the top paid models the last ten years in the world. Uh, she's made fifty million dollars, I think, in her career, not just from modeling, but from all the cosmetics deals and all the other crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
isn't this just a case of the classic case of someone who's just made a bundle doing a sort of second-rate, uh, non-respected career who now is like advising people not to follow the same path after they've made all their money and been one of the most successful people out in the world and how now it's suddenly demeaning? Now it's suddenly demeaning? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just weird that she would have just thought of this at the age of 34. Yeah, like Rose McGowan suddenly realizing that you shouldn't do like titty, you shouldn't be the titty girl in movies, you know, or anything like longer, or you shouldn't have sex with producers, or you shouldn't like use your body to get ahead in Hollywood. She just now, she now realizes. So, I mean, it's quite convenient when your career is basically come to an end and you're financially set for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it doesn't make you look like you're compromising your values because you coincidentally, like, she didn't... Uh, you know, decide this and 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 uh, like before, like so now she's going to be gone pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean she she probably still do a little modeling, but she doesn't need to model anymore. So she just realized this at the moment when she was going to stop doing it. Yeah. So so now she hadn't sacrificed her values because she didn't know how demeaning it was when she's been doing it full time for the past fifteen years. I assume at eighteen or sixteen or whatever women who find modeling uh, showing off their bodies for money to be demeaning, they just don't do it, right? They just do something else. So you know, these all the people who have made this decision. These are not like you said, like uh, like about Paz de la Winter. These are big grown up girls. They're making decisions for themselves. Yeah, they decide that they're fine with it, and now she's deciding that it's and it's okay, by the way, to. Realize, like I think, like football players, end of the career, realize that they fucked themselves up in the head for ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, and maybe they knew along the way, but they're getting paid, and that's what all they know. And it's okay for them to say they wish they hadn't done it, I guess. But to sort of say, like, you know, what I did was wrong, and no one should do this anymore after I've made mine, just seems very, seems, seems very, very, very self, very conveniently. <laughs> Uh, yeah. to, her, to her selfish pursuits. For sure. She's not giving the money back. And by the way, what's demeaning about it? It's an incredibly prestigious thing to get that thousands of women you know, vie for that position to be a Victoria's Secret angel. She looked amazing. Yes. Uh, it didn't seem uh, uh, gratuitous or, or gross in any way. You know, She wasn't like spreading her ass open or anything. She no, looked, it wasn't beaver. They weren't beaver shots. She looked hot in the, the beaver hunt. in the lingerie. She made a lot of money. Like, what is demeaning about it exactly anyway? Uh, well, she just, I think she's Do now... Like some kind of Puritan? Like, no, I think deal? she's now converting into, she's looking for her next career. She's converting into, like, I don't want women to hate me anymore because I'm going to move into this, like, late-night infomercial cosmetics line I'm launching for, you know, middle America to buy my shit. And I don't want to be, like Cindy Crawford, I don't want to be unapp- the unapproachable skinny bitch anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to be seen as, like, the woman who lo- who identifies with other women. We see that all the time. That was, like, uh, what's her name? Jessica Biel, like, uh, Timberlake's wife, talking about how she has no time in the morning to take care of, you know, put her makeup on because she's so busy as a single mom. Yeah, she had to eat meat in the shower. <laughs> yes, it's a transition. They're transitioning from the way they make money, which is they made money earlier in their careers as hot, Big-breasted, big-breasted women who got cast in films or cast as models, and now they want to make move. They want to make money selling uh, mother, mother, you know, uh, baskets and advice for women on moisturizers and stuff like that. And they have to strike a different, you know, uh, social and political pose. So this is purely a contrived way of sort of revamping her image. You would assume. I assume someone got to her and they decided this revelation was going to come out because she's not going to. I assume next we'll hear she's offering some sort of health care, health line or health or lifestyle or beauty and fitness line, which is she's converting from a audience of young men who ejaculate <laughs> to pictures of her 
to middle-aged women who want to know how she stays so youthful and her skin looks so great and how hard she has to work at it. Yeah. That, that's, uh, <laughs> don't you ever watch those late-night infomercials of, like, uh, Cindy Crawford or all the pretty women who are now, like, 50? I've seen them. Talk about how much work they have to put into their, how hard it is for them to stay beautiful. And uh, Cindy Crawford, by the way, is selling a product that's made out of melons that can only be found in the south of France. <laughs> An extract from melons in the south of France. That conveniently, this doctor that she has to deal with is the only one who can grow these melons. <laughs> so People are so dumb. <laughs> they were really fucking stupid. But I can see the dream of wanting to look like Cindy Crawford. I get that. Shelling out $99 in three easy installments. So is Lima saying that, is there some kind of feminist bent to this? Like, we don't want to be exploited? It's not a, I would say, feminist bent so much as like, I'm with you sisters. I'm now, I'm now with you ladies. I'm now a 36-year-old woman. And I realize that like, we shouldn't separate ourselves based on looks and things like that. That you know we all have... Uh, issues to work on, and it's not right for us to make the beauty. The, the beauty, bi- the superficial beauty business, is bad for all of yeah, us. Yeah, women in this society really cannot lose. No. So you're prancing around half naked or naked, and everyone's like, "Oh man, you're such a liberated. You go, girl. You know, you, you're you got no insecurities. You just let it all." hang out and you're not you know into this puritanical no one's gonna tell you you can't show your nipple and then you're like i don't want to be nude anymore and they're like you're amazing yeah (laughs) being nude is terrible it's so exploitative to people that are nude because they're just selling your bodies and the standards of beauty cannot compete like you're pretty much good no matter what you do well to some extent beautiful women can never be wrong about anything that's what i'm saying that helps too but then there's someone like ashley graham who's just an overweight woman who then decides starts a movement to decide that Overweight women should be what's popular in modeling, so she should get the million dollar contracts. Yeah, because that's now the health, the new healthy image of women. She like reshapes. So they're like Ashley Graham. You lost thirty pounds. You're awesome. You look great. You go, girl. You really put the effort in. You take care of your body, mind, and self spirit. Oh, you're just fat. Oh, you're awesome because now yes. you're showing that. Um, you know, there's no standard of beauty, and you're healthy, real woman. This is how real women look. You're, you're great either way, no matter what you do. There's no equivalent for this, I don't think, in, in the male gender. I don't see men, well, outside of maybe athletes who get adored for weird, weird creepy reasons by lots of guys. I don't see, like, I don't see the same thing where guys are supporting each other. Like, if a guy gets put on 20 pounds, all his friends just call him a fat fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what happens. And when he loses weight, by the way, they don't give a shit. It's just like, there's no, like, there's no support system for guys. This whole idea that, like, Men have this fraternity system and stuff like that. There is a bro thing, I suppose, to some extent. But the idea that men are supporting each other in any sort of emotional, <laughs> fundamentally emotional way is completely wrong. You're right. Women have that no-lose situation where men have a no-win situation because yeah. they're, blasted, they're blasted for what You're not getting credit for anything. You're not, really. you're not getting credit for shit. I just don't want – here's what I don't want. I don't want a, a woman uh, with uh, millions of Instagram followers to convince other women not to take their clothes off anymore. That's a really <laughs> bad thing. I don't, I'm not, by the way, I'm not the least bit worried that her message is going to get through to any 19-year-old who's trying to make it in the business. They're still going to, they're still going to have amazing bodies and try and show off as much as possible. So the, 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 thing that, the thing that always gives me comfort at night is that no matter how much shit is changing in the social landscape, political landscape, is that the fundamental animal aspects of our, of our uh, species is just never going to change. And that there will always be attractive women will always try to show off their breasts to get yeah, to get ahead. People are into self-preservation, you know. I mean, we're, as a species, it wasn't that easy to survive before. And if someone's going to throw money at you and accolades and and uh, you know idolize you because you're 
showing your breasts in a in a lingerie, that's what you're going to do. And yeah, Lima's not going to change that. Thank God, Matt. That makes me feel good. Brian, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show? Let it out, Brian. Something big. Really not much going on, dude. Um, how's your how, How's your uh, Bloody Mary light treating you? The michelada is pretty okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm still getting... Mm, when it, you it, start mixing beer and tomato juice together, yum, yummy, yummy. Yeah, man. It's, it's interesting. It's you take beer, like, which is the lightest of all alcoholic drinks... And make it a little better by adding tomato, by yeah. adding tomato juice and yeah, fruit, other fruity, some, uh, fruit elements. God forbid you're drinking something at 3.5% alcohol. <laughs> you want to cut that down to about 1%. That way you can drink 50 of them and not get buzzed. There you go. <laughs> Just piss, piss and tomato juice. All right, sell it, Brian. What do you got? Well, yeah, I mean, that's we're at Rocco's here. They do Rocco's Studio City makes amazing cocktails and yeah, great pizza. By the way, that's a good one. I just can never finish a drink that size with well the the tomato juice and the spice. It is a half so gallon of tomato juice. It's a rec- even your doctor doesn't recommend that much tomato juice to your diet. <laughs> right. What are you doing, Brian? What are you doing professionally? There's really not much going on. Uh, we did adopt a couple of those kittens I mentioned last week. We do mm. have a couple still uh, looking for forever homes. So. What happens if you don't the, find? What happens if you don't find a home for them? Oh, we'll find a home. But if um, legally, we can have up to five cats in LA County, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So uh, you know, seven Ooh. if you're a spinster lesbian. There you this go. Exception, exceptions <laughs> for you guys. All right, that's good, Brian. Cats. If you want to get Brian's kittens, contact the show. <laughs> God knows what those kittens have been through. That's really horrible. Matt, what do you got? Uh, I'm on mattralston.net. And Twitter at Matthew Ralston, uh, breaking down the Al Franken thing. So, I know which side you come out of that. Is it is it is it the side of Al Franken? Let me predict what's going to happen. Uh, so the Democrats forced Franken to resign. Yes, a Republican's going to win that seat, and uh, Democrats can continue their uh, self-flagellation and martyr complex bullshit, and uh, still, uh, you know, be losers. He was, uh, uh, the only case that interested me was a guy from Arizona who offered women in his office $5 million to carry his, his baby. Yeah. I think once you go over a million dollar mark, it's not sexual harassment any longer. That's a sweet fucking deal. I didn't $5 million. Because that seems almost not harass. Like, he's not like, hey, girl, you know what I want you to do is uh, be my surrogate mother. Like, you know, like, is he really harassing it? Like, I felt like he just asked him, do you want to do this? Well, I think no. he implied in there that he would be doing it the old-fashioned way. Oh. So, but I think his intentions were earnest in the sense that, like, I think it wasn't necessarily, like, attractive chicks he was trying to get with. I think he really wanted to make a baby for his wife for some religious reasons. But you can't really go around your office asking women if they would be willing to have a ba- let you make a baby inside of them. I didn't know that's what he meant. I thought he wanted to like insert him and his his wife's egg and some. No, I don't really think she's fertile. I don't think she's fertile. There's food here. I don't want to even think about Dude, it. Dude, but five, if you're offering five million dollars, is that harassment? No, I don't. Think so. <laughs> no, that's a sweet contract. But the Kardashians only offer sixty grand. Kim Kardashian, and Kanye only offer sixty grand to their surrogate. This guy's offering five fucking million dollars. How does he even have five million dollars? A congressman. He's uh, wealthy from some other some other bullshit in Arizona. Yeah. I don't know. If, if if you offer someone a fat fucking paycheck, it cannot be harassment. That's a business deal. If you got to stop and and really consider it, oh, I would have taken the deal. I in don't a second. think I wish, that's uh, harassment, dude. If 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 you're 23 and you're working for a congressman in Washington D.C. and also you get a chance for five million dollars, I carry a fucking baby if I get a second. Yeah, I would have fucking taken the five million and said uh, I lost the baby. <laughs> yeah, I take the five million and decide like, yeah, this dude was harassed me and I'd sue him too. On top of that, fuck, these women don't think anymore. <laughs> I catch me on the Blaze Radio Friday mornings. Lex, last minute. Talk to you later.